Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. The weekly theme will be simple as well as rich and something you can apply to your real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. I want to talk about the importance and potency of allowing something to land. A boundary, a compliment, an art piece, a solution, a decision, an arrival. Have you ever worked yourself up to laying down a clear boundary and once you've said what you need to say, you just keep talking and you keep talking and you keep filling and filling and filling. We keep talking to buffer the blow. Let your boundary be. When we overexplain, it weakens the wall. What we don't realize, or maybe it's that what we forget, is when we lay something down and we leave it there, then it continues to take on a life of its own without our help. So the other person, the the person on the other end, if you don't leave it there to be received, then they don't get the opportunity to process it because you haven't stopped talking and watering down what you really wanted to say in the first place. Deliver your goods and then step back. How they are opened and digested and consumed is something that you can't control. I used to feel uncomfortable when I would ask my non-dance or non-artist friends to come to modern dance shows. And so often they wouldn't get it. And I would worry about that. And I would feel like I had to preface the evening with a bunch of cliff notes. And I would have to talk about the things that they were going to see during the show ahead of time in a way that made it more comfortable or more mainstream for them. And at some point along the way, I decided to just let it land, to let it be in a state of question, let it be weird and and not comfortable, because that's where the true thing actually lived. The true piece of art lives without the artist explaining it. It lives free, most purely, without the liner notes, without the, the ease of someone talking over it. I've noticed as a parent, I need to work on this. When I over-explain my decision or something, I can, I can tell that Otis senses that, and he starts to chisel through some of my talking points. And when I'm more decisive, like, nope, we're not, we're not going to do that today, and just I'm clear, many times he'll say, okay, and just move on. And so I'm working on not making a big case for things. And once I've decided something, just let it land. 
And of course, I always love the conversation and the back and forth and the collaboration that can live between people. And that's where we grow in community. And I do believe mostly we evolve our perspective through thoughtful conversation. I believe that. And I think letting some things live out in the middle to marinate can be so potent in some circumstances without that conversation. What if we trusted? What if we trusted that while we let it land, there are forces that are working on it? Your boundary out there in the middle of the room that you just laid down is being assimilated, is being digested. Even if they haven't said anything yet to you, it's in the works. That weird piece of art that you put out in the universe yesterday for the world to discover, it is working inside of your viewers. You have pushed somebody to think differently, even if you haven't heard back yet. You don't have to keep explaining to fill the space. When we keep talking, at some point it dilutes. It stops the natural process of receiving. Because they're waiting for you to finish. So that they can take it back and put it in their lap and sit with it. Do not block them from doing that. The time when you, as the giver, as the maker, step away can be the most alive and productive time for both you and the person on the other side of the table. There's this very big part of me, <laughs> and I, I think it's my, it's my southernness, that has such a hard time with this concept because I like to keep smoothing and stroking and making sure that everybody is okay with what I've said. Checking on people that I've just put a boundary on. Here's a boundary. I don't want you to do that. But are you okay about that? Does that make you feel okay? Or I made a super weird dance or I wrote something unusual and against the grain and then I immediately I'm I'm checking their eyes for signs that they think I'm weird or confused. Because you know all of us are super interested right now in particular in great self-care, boundaries, and clear communication, and efficient time and space to do exactly what we want to do. That's really hot right now. Yes, all of that is good. But also, really, we all just want to feel loved and like we belong somewhere, even in our eccentricity. So... We learn or we hope to learn to say it, trust it, present it, put it out there, and then we wait. Stop moving your hands and your mouth and your feet and let it be. I was also thinking about the art of receiving a compliment. And how about just thank you? Look folks in the eye. Do not look down. Do not excuse or self-deprecate. Just deep breath. Thank you for seeing that in me. 
that is skill in action, that ability to receive. And it's also more honoring of the giver because it sees them and affirms them for seeing beauty where it does live. Going back to clear boundaries, leaving it be where you've laid down something. I do find that easier when I am clear up front. In other words, when I've pruned what I want to say behind the scenes and I've I've let an email cool overnight, I've thought through exactly what's important to me, it's easier to let it be without over-explaining when I've done that. Because when I try and process something as I'm going along aloud, then I tend to keep making amendments and retracing and, and continuing to over-explain. So when you, when you have a really important clear boundary that needs to be communicated, I would suggest doing a behind-the-scenes rough draft before you deliver And don't do it when you're hot and you're angry, because I think it's more powerful when you're calm and cool, just for clarity and potency. And from that place, you're less likely to look back. And if somebody puts you on the spot and you're not ready to speak about it, just say, I need to think about that. I'll get back to you. I say that to my kids all the time. I don't know yet. I need to think about it, and I'll let you know what I decide in a little while. And that way, the the hem-hawing around is less likely. I was with a close friend recently, and I was sharing with her some fears that I'm having about a big professional leap that's coming up. And she's a really, really beautiful space holder, which is one of the, the many reasons why I love her. And I just said something like, I'm really afraid that this won't work, that it won't come to fruition. And she looked at me and she let it lay there. She let my words lay there. She didn't rush to fix it or negate what I said. Even though I realized I sort of wanted her to, but she didn't. And it allowed me to hear my own words and to sit with them and have them echoed back to me. And what it did is it created a great sticking point, something I realized that I needed to change if I was going to move forward with my professional plans. And I'm not sure that I would have heard it that way if she'd filled it in with gooey language and if she'd plumped me up immediately and told me, oh, of course it's going to happen. I think I might have dismissed my fears instead of, letting them echo. And because of her ability to hold the space like that for me, I was able to move through some of that fear and transform it into motivation and into awareness. So I think what I'm getting to is that this is not just about boundary or letting art live or receiving a compliment well. It's also about not needing to respond to somebody right away. And when you do not rush that, they might have their own experience with the gifted silence, with the space in the conversation, even if they initially wanted you to gloss over it and fix it. We Southerners are so good at this. 
We love to fill it all in with cream and we don't like to feel uncomfortable and we don't want you to either. It's a part of the Southern code of hospitality. Just keep stroking, keep talking, keep your dollops of sugar coming in because I don't want to sit with myself and I know you don't want to either. (laughs) And I I love Southern cushions and Southern people and I really think we mean well, I, I do. But I'm learning to unwind this a little bit for the sake of my own clarity. And if you're wondering about compassion, I think that all of this can be done with compassion. And I would venture to say that it's more compassionate to allow things to live with space around the edges rather than crammed with cream, stuffed with extra sugar so that the thing isn't even recognizable anymore. Can you imagine how much emotional energy we're going to save when that's implemented? A lot. It is a lot. This takes up a lot of heart space for us, I think. The extra strands that live around the thing itself are more burdensome than we realize. The retracing, the rehearsing, the self-doubt, the self-deprecation, the energy spent explaining and over-explaining something that was already presented well. The circling and the circling. My dog, Maybell, she's, she's a black and white mutt, and she has one ear that's permanently floppy, which is totally her truxel. It never, never lifts. And it always looks like she has a question. And Maybell circles around herself four or five times in a tight circle before she lays down on her bed. Every time she does this, always clockwise, always as tight as possible. And I like to watch her do this <laughs> um, because it's such a ritual and it's so funny. But I don't understand it because she ends up in the same place where she started. She just circles around herself in ceremony and, and in probably what is habit. And, and I think that's what we do, too, with that keeping on talking. It's habit. It's comfortability. We have not gotten used to the potency of silence and letting something land because the talking around things is more comfortable and more cozy. Another way to consider this is when we rush to coat things with more words and explanations, it tends to take away the gift of the mirror. Like when my friend didn't fix my fears and soothe me right away, it allowed for me to have a mirror. It allowed for me to self-reflect in a way that I would not have otherwise. One, one last lily pad I want to talk about today What if we were to not expect one thing to be everything? Think about this. The attributes of the sun are warming, bright, full, consistent, extroverted, expansive. And then there's the moon. Mysterious. You have to to look for it. It's ever-changing, it's kind of elusive and slippery, and it's contrasting always to the dark, dark sky. But when we look at the moon, we don't think, oh, but you aren't warm. 
And we don't look at the sun and think, you aren't mysterious enough. We accept them as they are gifted. And so now think about yourself and a time when you've chosen a boundary for yourself or some time alone or you've made something for the world from your imagination, from your craft. These things do not have to represent the whole of of who you are. But they can just catch a glimpse of the moment that you're in. That can be all that they are. Your boundary doesn't have to be inclusive. Your piece of art doesn't have to be warming. It gets to be just a moment. What if we let things be? What if we gave those things a life of their own? What if we stopped trying to control the reaction and the reception? What if we allowed things to be raw and people to be in process? What if things and other people were not our everything? What if art made her way without a caption? What if we did not require explanation of ourselves or anybody else? What if we got wider in the face of discomfort instead of smaller? What if we used less emotional sugar and more space to tend to each other? What if you were safe without talking more? What if you heard more because of the silence that was allowed? What if we let all this be the regular rhythm instead of the rarity? How much more would we discover? Here's Billy Collins. I want to leave you with this, and I'm always in the mood for Billy Collins. This poem is called Downpour. Last night we ended up on the couch trying to remember all of the friends who had died so far. And this morning I wrote them down in alphabetical order on the flip side of a shopping list you had left on the kitchen table. So many of them had been swept away as if by hand from the sky. It was good to recall them. I was thinking under the cold lights of the supermarket as I guided a cart with a wobbly wheel up and down the strident aisles. I was on the lookout for blueberries, English muffins, linguine, heavy cream, light bulbs, apples, Canadian bacon, and whatever else was on the list, which I managed to keep grocery side up until I had passed through the electric doors, where I stopped to realize as I turned the list over that I had forgotten Terry O'Shea as well as the bananas and the bread. It was pouring by then, spilling, as they say in Ireland, people splashing across the lot to their, to their cars. And that is when I set out, walking slowly and precisely, a soaking wet man, bearing bags of groceries, walking as if in a procession honoring the dead. I felt I owed this to Terry, who was such a strong painter, for almost forgetting him, and to all the others who had formed a circle around him on the screen in my head. 
I was walking more slowly now in the presence of the compassion the dead were extending to a comrade. Plus, I was in no hurry to return to the kitchen, where I would have to tell you all about Terry and the bananas and the bread. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you are enjoying and benefiting from this podcast, please consider becoming a patron. Every patron matters to me, and the monthly contribution ask is small, but it's incredibly helpful to me. The information for that is in the show notes. Some other ways to help are rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. My hope is to continue to grow this work in this community so that it has a place to evolve and grow and thrive. Have a beautiful day. Mm -hmm.